2: Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Are you ready?
0: Are you ready? Let's get it on!
2: How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, Saturdays, ten and Pacific, 1 Eastern. And we got a lot to get into today, because it's Monday! You know what that means? Raw is tonight. We have a lineup for the show. We also have an un-lineup for the show. Becky has announced she's not going to be there. She does not want to hear what Trish has to say. But we'll give you the lineup for the show. And then all of the news from the weekend. Not the least of which is about 50 shows. Rampage, SmackDown, TripleMania, Impact, New Japan. You know, can't watch all of it. I think DJ Convoy might have watched all of it, but I couldn't. But anyway, we're going to talk about the top stories from all of those different shows. More on CM Punk and his potential return to AEW from yesterday's Wrestling Observer Live with Andrew Zarian. We have got notes from Will Ospreay on his future and his shoulder injury, which he has been cleared from. But still, you know, just being cleared doesn't mean you're 100%. We'll talk about Nick Khan. He's got a lot of things he's got to say about the future of WWE, including a potential return to pay-per-view and the Peacock deal, a return to a more mature WWE, which people have been, uh, I should probably just focus on that, but why bother? Mercedes Monet is uh, negotiating another deal with Stardom. We have, of course, the, uh, the boxing debut of John Morrison. Got some things to say about that. And as noted, reviews of all the shows, SmackDown and Rampage and New Japan, which I got a chance to see some of. I have an update on Filthy Tom Lawler as well. And plenty more. If you want, text us today, 425-780-7566. That is 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. At Brian Alvarez on Twitter. You can chat here. Don't be dumb. And We'll be back in a moment with more Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Becky Lynch has announced she will not be at Raw today. She went to social media Monday and revealed the news. She removed mention of WWE from her bio, blacked out the cover photo on her page. She is very mad at Trish Stratus. So, uh, maybe she'll be there. I mean... You know how it is in wrestling. When you say you're not going to be there, that usually means you're going to be there. So, anyway, Trish is going to show up tonight to explain why she turned heel. I'm sure she'll use those exact words. And attacked Becky Lynch last week. We also have Brock Lesnar responding to Cody Rhodes' Backlash Challenge. Austin Theory will face Bobby Lashley in a non-title match. And Seth Rollins will face The Miz. That's the lineup for Raw tonight.
3: I know how you are with the social media posts, Brian. seems here that Becky Lynch has removed a mention of WWE from her bio and blacked out the cover photo on her page. That's what it says here on the front page story on, the, on WrestlingObserver.com here. I did how just deep read deep, that, yes, but go how ahead. How deep do you think they get with this?
2: I think she's going to show up tonight and go after Trish. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm.
3: Do you think why go through this effort though? It's not like she just posted. I won't be there. I'm in my feelings. I'm feeling bad. This is enough for her to quit. Black out her her, her photo in WWE.
2: Well, she's not saying that she's she's not saying anything about quit. Literally, all she said is I'm not going to be there tonight. That doesn't mean that she is trying to pretend she's quitting or, yeah, or anything but like that. See, I know what she's a she's upset guy. that she got turned on by her friend. Hmm. This but see, is it's a reaction. big
3: sports thing to do, though. Once you see the the name of the team go out of the bio, that's what brings everybody into fanatical mode and and wonders what's going on, and it becomes a a big story in sports. What what does that mean? Does this mm. mean this person wants out? What does it mean? What does it mean, Becky Lynch?
2: Well, you know, I hey, listen, maybe maybe she's quitting, but my 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 feeling is. That given that they are still advertising, that Trish Stratus is going to show up and talk about why she did what she did to Becky Lynch. That's a pretty good indication that Becky is not trying to get out of WWE. (laughs) But, uh, you know, some people want to believe all sorts of things. There are several updates available regarding CM Punk's potential return to AEW. Everyone's favorite subject, the return of CM Punk. On Sunday's edition of Observer Live, our own Andrew Zarian provided an update on the situation. This is what he said. He said, I know for a fact that Warner has been told he is coming back. They're very much aware of the situation. He'd recently said he is willing to return to AEW, and he wants to make it work. So the issue here is that he's willing to work with the elite members. I know as of the time I was told, that was early this week, there was no intention on the other side. Maybe Kenny a little bit more than the Bucks, but I know they do not want to work with him. There's been no dialogue between the two sides either regarding sitting down and making this work. I can confirm all of that. Regarding the potential Saturday A.W. show, he said the soft brand split of the roster would not be as soft as he first mentioned in the Matt Men podcast. He said the plans have been put in place to possibly have a tentative Saturday show to be the soft brand split. When I used that term yesterday on Matt Men, I was told it is less soft than I am putting out there. I guess there will be people that are predominantly on the other show on the Saturday show. I've heard from multiple people, This is regarding the meeting with Punk, Tony Khan, Jericho, and FTR. He said, I've heard this from multiple people. The way it was alluded to me is that the program will probably be Punk and Jericho in some capacity. I don't know if FTR is involved or Jericho's society is involved, but you know what? It's a very smart way to do this. Jericho has presented himself as a locker room leader. Jericho came out and said he's toxic or whatever he said, and he's willing to make this work because he realizes there is money in this. Well, all I can tell you is, I mean, I can't confirm anything about this upcoming meeting. I have no idea what this meeting is about. I have no idea what they're going to discuss. I know people are presuming that it has something to do with Jericho and, and Punk working together, but I don't know that. And when I first heard about it, I mean, I'll put it this way. What I was, what I was told about the meeting was that there was going to be a neutral party involved, which is FTR, or the neutral party. And, you know, when I heard that, my my impression was certainly not that, oh, this is a meeting about working together. When I heard that, my impression was, well, this is a meeting because CM Punk went on his Instagram and called Jericho a stooge. And, uh, you know, he was very, very angry. And then he pulled the thing. And, I mean, certainly if I were Chris Jericho and I had been called a stooge publicly by CM Punk... I mean, my first thought is not, hey, i got an idea. Let's work together. I would be thinking, you know, we got to talk about this. Like, what's going on here? Why are you calling me a stooge? What are you presuming? And I'm pretty sure I know what he's presuming. And we're literally right back to where we were at Brawl Out, where he presumed something about Dave and I, which was wrong. And uh, there seems to be a lot of presumptions going on. So I don't know what's going on in the meeting.
3: There, there are, aren't they?
2: I don't know what's going on in the meeting, but, I mean, uh, that's what I got out of it. But I will say as far as the brand split goes, I have heard about the potential of the Saturday show being the show where punk and the people that are willing to work with punk are going to be working. I never heard the term soft brand split. That was something that came later. Now, I'm not saying that no one told Andrew or anybody else about a soft brand, because I believe other people have used that term. Like It's going to be a soft brand split or whatever. You know, what I what I heard from the beginning, anytime this was brought up, was there are people that don't want to work with CM Punk. They don't want to be in the building with him. And so there's going to be a place where he can work and do his thing, and there's going to be a place where the other people can work and do their thing. Now, if you're a neutral party, then conceivably you could work both shows and everything like that. But there are going to be certain people that are on one show, and there are going to be certain people that are on the other show because they don't want to be anywhere near each other. Or maybe they can't even legally be near each other. There's also that to consider. You know, I don't know the legalities of any of this because nobody can talk about anything that legally they're not allowed to talk about, which is why we've had an issue with, why doesn't Tony tell us what? Well, he can't. It's a legal issue, okay? There may be a legal issue here where certain people cannot be in the same place or whatever, which does bring up the question, well, what happens when you've got a pay-per-view? How are we going to do this pay-per-view? are are certain people going to work every other pay-per-view and the other people won't work on that pay-per-view? I don't know, dude. I can't answer these questions. But what I can a- what I can tell you is this is not stuff that's being made up. How it's going to fall out? I don't know because I don't even think this TV deal is like official. But these are the things that are being discussed about how can we make all of this work? Because right now it is not all handled. That's a story.
3: I'll take it away from the high school slap fighting for a second to go into a different piece of rumor and conjecture, which is what you just stated, which is Saturday night, 6.05, whatever you want to call it, is not in stone quite yet, even though everybody thinks it's going in that direction. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if they get... A year? You know, do they get six months? Do they have till the end of the year? I mean, I would assume it would be longer than that, but it's going to be interesting to see what that show, no matter who's on it, does up against college football, which is going to be its biggest battle. I don't think it's going to be the UFC. I don't think it's going to be boxing. Those main events happen so much later in the night. I don't think there's going to be any effect whatsoever but when it does come time to have nba playoffs nhl playoffs really mostly the nba playoffs and major league baseball and obviously the monster that is football it's going to be interesting to see what they actually get out of the deal and it's going to be interesting to see what if anything turner decides to stack around it if they decide to make a themed night out of saturday night like again we've seen this a zillion times when it comes to wrestling and other shows as being part of a you know smackdown being a great example of that with fox they were going to have college football on saturday professional football on sunday and friday night was going to be smackdown it's going to be interesting to see if turner takes that approach with this new show
2: after the break we'll talk about will osprey he has been cleared after a shoulder injury And he is set to come back soon. But he did confirm Monday that while he feels a lot better, there is still a lot of weakness in his arm. And he says his sensible answer would be to take more time off, but he's going to compete and do as much as he physically can. We'll talk more about that in all the news after the break, Observer Live. Yes, Mike, that is a video of Oreo shaking his whaley ass on Instagram.
3: <laughs> he is. I thought he was going to break into the running man.
2: Hey, man, well, you should have you been a, uh, one of my followers, one of my subscribers on Twitter. You would see m- even more videos of Oreo dancing. He was at the Welcome the Whales parade on Saturday, which is quite unfortunate. I don't like being in the same place at the same time as this guy. But uh, I Steal followed him thunder. along the parade route, and he he danced and he shook his whaley ass for a mile. He danced Ow. for a straight mile.
3: <laughs> oh.
2: Oh yeah, you should have seen it. And okay. uh, man, the ladies were squealing. The way he shook his whaley hips. He was like he was like a whale Elvis was what he was. Oh yeah. They were swooning. Mm. They had the medical team come by to to help some of them out provide water oh but anyway, man
3: did they did they do the gimmick did they have like you know Colonel Tom came out and they they had the cape and they put it on Oreo and then he busted it off that's what you were watching him? when
2: you uh saw that brief clip there on on the deal that was that was one moment at the end when he was about to shake that cape off but anyway yeah you know I do have I do have some issues with Oreo it's much like uh the elite and CM Punk I don't want him in the room with me that's uh, it really and uh yeah i mean it's abundantly but it's for different reasons actually you know what it's funny now that i think about it and i'm not i'm not sure you don't want to
3: add any names to that list i remember friday's show
2: i'm not sure this happened but i've been told that it happened Mm -hmm. that i punched out oreo on the christmas show is that true Can someone confirm that to me so ever ever since you know did that happen yeah. DJ says it sort of happened. What does that mean? Did I punch him or did I not?
3: It did. He's, he, DJ's always, look, he's a good guy. Okay, he, yeah, it's confirmed. He's trying to defend you here. I yes, mean,
2: that pretty much happened, said, said yeah. Dagan. Mammal on mammal violence. Just as the show ended. Well, you know what? He deserved it. He deserved it. Because I, I, gave him, I gave him an opportunity to co-host his show, and he tried to steal the show. He mm. tried to do such a good job that people said, in fact, they did say, Brian should never host again. It should only be Oreo.
3: I had a great rapport with Oreo.
2: Yeah, so I mean, sorry, dude. Like, you, I gave you an opportunity to co-host, and you tried to steal the show. And then he got a he got an even bigger head, which is pretty hard when you're a whale. And he started it, his own. Is it
3: is it, is it? is it, Brian?
2: Started his own Twitter at the Oreo the Orca, not at Oreo the Orca. He's a big deal now at the Oreo the Orca, and he's got followers, and they tweet. Crap to me. So no, I don't want him around. And uh that's it. And you know, it you know what? You know what? You
3: should actually join
2: Instagram I don't want to waste more time, but I gotta say, I gave everybody the opportunity. We were at we were at uh um ninety nine thousand, like nine hundred or something like that. And I said, if you I, it's like a hundred people, that's it. By the end of the day, if we can hit a hundred thousand by the end of the day, I will let him co host the show. Y'all had the opportunity. Y'all talk about how much you want him on the show and this and that. Well, you didn't want him bad enough because you didn't make it. So I, I got us to 100000 And, of course, you know, Brian Rose, and I'm sure you helped a little bit. But the point is, I did it, not Oreo. So I am the one who will be revealing the plaque and hosting the show the day it comes. Not Oreo. When is that coming? Did you did you have to bring that up? Did you hear? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be here Thursday, and today's Monday. Is there a Friday, recount? Saturday, Sunday? It's been it's four days past when it was supposed to be here. Maybe they're
3: auditing you. Maybe you have a bunch of bot followers, and they're like, "This is not legitimate."
2: I don't know. I've just been waiting. Uh, I could do tracking later, but it's been uh, four days past when it was supposed to be here. And they better not have delivered it to the neighborhood uh, two miles down the road, which they have done several times. Apparently, there's another house that has a similar address and stuff ends up there. Oh, it's, there's a moat around that one, too? And uh, they better get it to me because I, I, I earned this plaque. Not this whale. He can get his own plaque. Anyway, we got stuff to talk about here, which is definitely more important than Oreo or the Orca. And uh, that is the future of will osprey he says looking back on the 11 years of this career so far injuries have been a constant recently he says it's felt like his body is deteriorating in front of everybody's eyes he has had to make changes to his moveset because the body can't do some of the things he did when he was 22 he said he understands the risks that come with his style it's a style that suits him and one the fans enjoy he said he doesn't know if this ride is going to be a long one, but he's going to enjoy it and hopes for the best. He says, I got medically cleared two days ago, and it's a weird one. I've seen my physio now for about five weeks. I've got the range of motion back in my arm. The strength is there somewhat, but because I was able to complete four strength exercises, apparently I am medically cleared. It does feel a lot better, but I still feel like there's a lot of weakness in my arm, which obviously the sensible answers take a little bit more time off, but over those last 48 hours, I don't know. I've been reminiscing and thinking about my 11-year career. It's been incredible. But one thing that has been constant, especially in these last few years, is that the injuries have stacked up a lot more recently. It's because I'm getting older as well. I'm getting heavier. Because of that, the move set that I've started when I was 22 has kind of vanished and disappeared, and it's not out of choice it's because my body can't do it anymore. I can't perform a shooting star press safely anymore, so I've decided that it's best to cut it out. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I feel like my body and me personally, I am deteriorating in front of everyone's eyes. Kind of is really upsetting It's because I chose to do this style. I understand the risks that come with the style, but it's just one that suits me down to a T. I think everyone enjoys it. So having said that, I don't know if this ride's going to be a long one, if everybody understands what I mean. But then I kind of think I'm from Essex. I didn't think I'd reach this far in my career anyway. So I'm just going to enjoy it myself, hope for the best, I'm going to have to change things up a little bit. Actually, says a lot. But I am going to compete. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to the best of my abilities, do as much as I physically can. So he will be, which, by the way, brings us to another point. He's supposed to be facing Hiroshi Tanahashi. And the winner of that will be facing, at some point, Lance Archer. And the winner of that will, at some point, be facing Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight title. But, you know, the issue is that Hiroshi Tanahashi has a broken rib, which he suffered this weekend. So we'll see if he can make it back in time. But the thing with Will Ospreay is, I don't know if you guys know this or not, because a lot of people were making jokes on Twitter the other day because they like to play gotcha. But uh, Will Ospreay is awesome. Fantastic and he's not just awesome and fantastic when he does all of his his high spots but if you've ever watched him have a wrestling match the guy is awesome and it's hard when you have things that you want to do and your body won't let you do them anymore but to me this idea that he's not going to be able to wrestle unless he does all of that stuff i mean he can i've seen it and we've all seen it and I just watched, I just watched Okada and Tanahashi this weekend, and man, Tanahashi cannot do what he used to do, but he can still be Tanahashi, doing what he can do. And you know, I said this many, many times, but like, I was watching a Jeff Jarrett match on uh, Retro Raw. We do Retro Raws for the time being on Tuesdays, and we were watching a Jeff Jarrett match. From 1994. Okay. It's 2023. 2004, 2014. 20. This was 29 years ago. Okay. So I've been watching Jeff Hardy or Jeff uh, Jarrett and Jeff Hardy, actually. But I've been watching Jeff Jarrett on Dynamite. And I just watched Jeff Jarrett on Raw. And. <laughs> he wrestles exactly the same, exactly the same, 29 years later, okay? Now, I don't think that Will Ospreay wants to go out and wrestle like, you know, Jeff Jarrett when he was, you know, 29 years ago. But the point is, Jeff Jarrett wrestled like he was 54 in 1994, and now he's 54, and he's still wrestling the exact same way. And I bring that up because... Do you know who I believe is probably the greatest wrestler who has ever lived? Who? Is Okada, okay? And I told, I've been watching a lot of Okada. And this dude's out there, and he's having great, great matches. And he wrestles like he's 60, okay? He does turn it on here and there. But, like, the greatness of Okada is not all of the stuff that he does. It's the way he does it, his face, the way the match is put together. I swear to God, when I was I, I was I was watching. I don't remember what match it was, but it was like a great Okada match, and I was on the treadmill, okay, and I wasn't going fast. I was walking. I had the treadmill at like you know three, which is three miles an hour, with maybe one incline, okay, just you know. That's intense cardio when you're my age. But the point is, that's how fast I was. I was walking with it at level three with a one incline. And this this uh, Okada match starts, and I'm just watching this guy. And, bro, this guy ain't doing nothing. And I thought, you know what? I am going to see. I, I, I checked my watch. I'm going to see how long it takes for Okada to be working harder in this match than I am working here on this treadmill. As God Almighty is my witness, it was probably at the 22-minute mark that this guy began working harder than I was working on that treadmill walking at level 3. Because he's so good, and if you ain't looking for it, you don't notice it. But when you start looking at it, you're like, my God, this guy could wrestle till he's like 100, unless he suffers some horrible injury. What's the point of all that? I don't know. But anyway, back in a moment with more Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, listen, I'm not saying Okada's lazy at all. When that guy needs to do a dropkick, he jumps 15 feet in the air. Yeah. But he doesn't do it until he needs to. And then when he does have to really turn it up, it's it's like 25 minutes into the match where when you do turn it up, you should also be selling exhaustion. Big move. Down. Slowly get up. He did a cover this weekend, <laughs> tag match he had with Tanashi. It was the, I mean, he went to, he made a cover. And he went to hook the guy's leg. But literally it was like, brother, can you bend your leg for me? <laughs> He didn't even pull the guy's leg. I was in awe. I would I would give anything for a match with Okada. We would have the laziest hour-long match you ever saw. But it would be so much fun.
3: Hey, smart workers do smart things at smart times. And you make a choice. I'm not nobody should be villainized for the wrestling style they choose to work. You know, the same way that if that wrestling style starts to break them down later, they shouldn't come out and whine about their position if you choose to do this you know what it is at this point hardcore high risk style whatever it is you decide to do will osprey just sounded like to me he wasn't trying to ask anybody or tell anybody hey look this is i can't do those things anymore don't be he was just telling the mirror that because he knows when he put on a bunch of weight and that helped to slow him down a little bit but he had to bulk up for the heavyweight division And he was already banged up before that happened. Now you're carrying around that extra weight. You're working an even harder, different type of of style in that main event, New Japan style. Hey, it can't last forever. But he does, again, it's your personality. It's the psychology. It's all of that sort of stuff. It's learning that. And that's what's going to keep you around for a long time. I mean it's it was crazy this has got really nothing to do with anything except it was just one of the shows that happened this weekend but gcw in indiana where doug gilbert and tommy rich are wrestling bussy and it's like it was pointed out it tommy rich may be the only person to have ever wrestled both danny hodge and uh effie you know it's possible but at six it's possible old,
2: it's, it's, it's impossible anyone else has
3: I don't know. Maybe Ricky Morton. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's happened, but it's just, it's crazy that these guys are still able to go out and do what they're doing. But it's also because they didn't. In some cases, tax their bodies with the type of style that Will Ospreay does. And this is a good reminder for a lot of young wrestlers out there. There are a lot of courses you can take, and there are things you have to do in modern wrestling that you couldn't get away with, or you couldn't get away with not doing in the past. You know, you'd, a lot of you could do a, a longer headlock and do work that holds in a different way, but there's a way to take that old stuff and update it. So if you're not a flyer, You don't have to put yourself at risk by trying to do a bunch of stuff that you can't do. And if you are that type of wrestler, know that it's not going to last forever and that you're not going to be Rob Van Dam and have this miracle body that you're just able to keep up no matter what bumps you take after all of the years and look back at that old stuff that you kind of may have turned your nose at before and figure out how you can make that old stuff new again, how you can present something old to a new audience and use those tricks and use the psychology that used to be a lot more important than just what would happen physically in a match.
2: Well, you know, I wanna I wanna make sure I get this out there as part of my heel persona. Mm. But some of you fans just don't get it. Like sometimes I see, you know, they'll they'll put I saw this weekend. Oh, let's put a, a, a you know a short out of context gif up on Twitter and ridicule them for, for doing some crazy stuff or whatever, not realizing that, you know, I will not take anything away from anything that Will Ospreay has done in his past. Like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Oh, he should have never done this stuff. You know why Will Ospreay is Will Ospreay? It's because he did that. Exactly. If Will Ospreay went in there and started his career wrestling like Jeff Jarrett in 1994, you wouldn't even know of a Will Ospreay. Okay? When you're new in this business, sometimes you have to do things to get over. And sometimes you do those things to get over, and then everyone wants to see you do them. And so there's a period of time where you have to still do that stuff, because that's what the fans pay to see. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people on Twitter and, uh, in the YouTube chat, they ain't paying no money. So you're not paying any money and you're telling me what wrestling is or these other guys. Like the people, the people that pay the money are the people that are telling you how to work. And if you're on the card and they're expecting a certain thing and the fans are paying to see that certain thing, then that's what you should be doing. That's your job. But there comes a point where you've got a name. And once you have a name, you can, you can slowly, start taking out some of those things that you used to do. And I'm not saying that at the end of the day you should do nothing, but you you can eventually you know people always go, "Oh, you shouldn't coast on actually you should coast on your name. Not like coast and be lazy, but there's a but whole that's there's, why you make there's a, a point in developing your name yeah. so that you can go out there and entertain the people and have fun matches and not kill yourself and have a long career afterwards. But hey, Sometimes you got to do some crazy stuff at the beginning. Sometimes you have to do a certain thing to get your name out there. And then, as noted, once your name is out there, sometimes in the beginning, that's what they want to pay to see. So you got to give it to them. And then you do your transition later. As we've seen many people, you know, it's funny. In, in Japan, uh, you know, there's, I don't want to talk about the culture too much because I don't live there, but, you know, there's, there's a cultural deal in Japan where there's a lot more respect for older people than there is here in the United States. And as a result, you know, in in Japanese pro wrestling, it's not like a negative to get older. Like, you get older and you change things and there's there's a respect for you. Whereas a lot of times in America, culturally, it's like everything we do in this culture is about avoiding getting old. And this, this clinging to youth makes life very, very difficult for the wrestlers. Oh, I've got to look a certain way. I've still got to do the well. stuff that I did when I was young. You know, it's different now. Fans are more accepting now, but certainly for a long time, that's what it was is, is they, they wanted to see, you know, oh, you know, honky tonk man's going to come back in his seventies. Well, he's got to make sure he dyes his hair, got to play his guitar or whatever, you know. It's It's okay okay to get old, everybody. It's going to happen to all of us. It's happening to me right
3: now on the air. (laughs) Kevin Nash coming out with the silver hair. I thought that was awesome. Looked fantastic doing it. Look, the the thing with Japan, though, is it's also sometimes the training that these guys got and the systems that they went through that they're able, because of the basics and a lot of the old school things that are taught, that may not be taught here or because the systems are different where you go to different schools and you're getting different ideas and different feedback and you're moving around that's not exactly the case. Is in japan where you tend to go into a system and once you're in that system you're there for a bit So you do learn a lot of things that you may not necessarily get here and may not get necessarily the same depth that you do here that makes it easier for when you're older to fall back on some things and some basics and some other things that, you know, people had from before. So I think that's where it's a little bit different than it is exactly than it is here. But that's also why I think we, again, because everybody, nobody wants to listen to anybody and because somebody isn't like what somebody said about this. They'll take everything, you know, any other valuable knowledge they have and just kick it to the curb. But that's why a lot of guys slow down, you know, don't do things. Don't set expectations too high. Don't put yourself, if you're looking at this, if you're Darby Allen, that's one thing. You know, it all depends on what you want to get out of the business. But if you want to be a big wrestling star and do it for a long time, you know, it's, it's in, for a lot of cases, it's okay to pull back a lot more early so you
2: can survive for later. Then poor Tanahashi this weekend. There were some injuries in New Japan this weekend. First, we had Filthy Tom. Apparently, he, like, took a bump into the turnbuckle, and then his mouthpiece sliced him all to hell. But that's what happened to him. And then there was, um, there was this Tanahashi tag match with... Uh, Okada and uh, Aussie Open and uh, the machine guns. And I don't know what happened because often you will see an injury, you know exactly what happened, how it happened, etc. I watched this thing, I just kept going back. And it was late, like I had a Dave show to do, but I was determined to find out where Tanashi got hurt. And I just went back over and over and over and over again. And I have no idea where he broke his rib. It was either when... Osiopen ran him and Okada together. And then as he landed on his feet, he kind of stumbled back and hit his the side of his, his body on the uh, on the apron. Like it, it would look like nothing, but he did it. And then they hit the combo cutter and he took a totally perfect, nothing wrong, stomach first bump. No one did anything wrong, and you know, he's grabbing his rib afterwards. So something happened, and he breaks his rib. So from that point forward, this poor guy. First thing he tries to do is a high he has to do a uh sling blade. And bro, he can barely run and he can barely spin, and he doesn't even take a bump. He just lands on his feet and kind of stumbles. And I'm like, oh man, this poor bloke's hurting. And then he's got to do a frog splash. They have a frog splash spot planned. And worse, Mark Davis is supposed to get his knees up. Now, it's fake, everybody, okay? But what's not fake is his broken rib coming down on Mark Davis's knees. He still does his spot. Comes down on this dude's knees. And, I'm just watching this. And then Kyle Fletcher does a moonsault off the post. And he lands on his balls on the barricade. Okay? And, uh, you know, that's got to suck. But it couldn't have sucked that bad because he jumps into the ring and he he just keeps doing spots. He's, like, holding his, his, you know, ding-dong, but he's still doing spots. So... But because it looked and sounded so bad, for the rest of the match, these announcers are putting over how tough Kyle Fletcher is. My God, what he's overcoming here. He must be racked with pain. And meanwhile, tanashi has got a legit broken rib. He's struggling through this match. The announcers don't even know. And Kyle Fletcher's getting all this, my God, look at this young man. How could he still be going? And, you know, poor Tanashi has to stumble his way into the ring to do some spot and take some big bump. I'm like, oh, my God. And the yam bag is an obvious visual we all
3: can feel. Come on.
2: Yeah, but he broke a
3: rib. (laughs) We know that now, and I think you're right. It seemed like he had a little discomfort. Maybe he was just selling from right before the cutter, but after the cutter, absolutely, he was hurting. And, you know... I know there's still people out there that'll say Tanahashi and Ishii could still be the IWGP champion. You know what? In my world, maybe they could be. But man, that was one thing. If you've watched these guys for a long time, it's amazing how old Tanahashi still is. But it's also, as you mentioned during the show, amazing on what he's still able to do because of the charisma, because of the goodwill he has built up in those fans. I mean, it was excellent, and I thought Aussie Open, again, just put another one. Granted, you're working with two of the greatest wrestlers of all time and one of the greatest tag teams of the last... 30 years, you know, with the Motor City Machine Guns, but they have been awesome every time out, whether it be Ocon and Cobb or FTR, or no matter who it is. So kudos to them on what was a really good weekend, because the Leo Rush-Ishii match that took place because Tanahashi had to pull out was pretty damn good, too.
2: Tom's match with uh, Zach Sabre, who's, man, he's no longer a chicken chest. This dude's bigger than Tom. They had a great, great match hmm And uh, Zach pinned him to uh, retain the television title. That'll air on YouTube because it's a TV title match. Match of the night. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying match of the night, and, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but, my God, that Ishii-Desperado match was so awesome. So two in a row. If you want to watch the first night of the uh, New Japan, they've got a package up on Fight, both nights available. But, man, there was a lot of great stuff. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. No Lance show today. He's still not back from the uh, the pay-per-view. Well, it's usually Tuesdays, so you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, that's Tuesday. right. You know what you know why? It's because uh Tom also is not back. And so I was gonna have Lance do today and Tom do tomorrow, but neither of them are back today. So anyway, and you'd think you'd make
3: a dentist appointment at this time so you wouldn't have to miss wow, any more of these Wow, funny you shows, should mention but... that.
2: I couldn't <laughs> do the show today anyway because I have a dentist appointment during the show. But it doesn't matter because neither of them are available. And, better yet, Mike, I got two dental appointments this week. I got to get my new Invisalign inserts today. and are you then serious? Yeah. Got to get the new ones today. And then uh, Thursday I got to get a cleaning. Maybe it's Wednesday.
3: They're not taking care of both of these things. They couldn't at the do same it. They,
2: they couldn't do it. They said they'd let me know if they could, but they couldn't. So, what do we do about it? What kind of plan? Why do people always want me to do something about it? You have. It? What do you mean? It to have to do with insurance. They or didn't. This, they couldn't get me
3: in at the same time. I'm talking about the money spent at these dentists. For heaven's sakes, my
2: god! It's a cleaning. How much is that now? If I didn't have insurance, probably like four hundred dollars. Exactly. But I do have insurance, so. I get
3: my They're teeth. They're paying for the Invisalign? They don't usually They don't pay for the Invisalign. I was going to say. They don't pay for the It's not preventative maintenance on your teeth.
2: Which is funny because, like, you know, they go, some some plans will pay for it. It's like, you know, when you get your insurance, make sure you get one that pays for it. So, like, I I deliberately found one that would cover it. And then I get there, and I had the whole family covered on the exact same plan. And I get there, and they go, only covers if you're under 18. Oh, Anyway we're all out of you here. had
3: to do is shave though and dye your hair
2: Thanks for listening everybody we'll talk to you next time wrestling Observer live.